Welcome into another episode of the Return of the Roar podcast. As always, Frankie Cardicelli, myself, Chris Watkins. It is almost 10 o'clock here on a Thursday, uh, Thursday morning, um, the day after the Sacramento Kings somehow, some way, found a way to lose to the Detroit Pistons last night in in poetic fashion. I mean, I've said it before. The Kings have found a way to make losing an art form. And last night was just a grand example. I mean, not many times can a team be up 10 points with three minutes to go, have the game tied within like two minutes of or maybe three minutes of like real time and then lose the game. Not even an over didn't even need overtime to decide it. Um, Frankie, you were there for all of it. We'll get we'll get into more of that later. But Frank, just on last night's game, is that an all timer? Uh what? What? And it's like many, a top five? Is that a top five loss of, how, of of recollection? How many of those losses have we had this year, though? Like, I'm I'm thinking off the top of my head. Not like that, uh, bro. That's crazy. So, so that's crazy. The they, Charlotte they, one was bad, of course. All games bad. against Charlotte are bad. The Charlotte one is always always bad. Um, of course, Utah's is, those are blowouts. These are different. This is the mm-hmm. first loss this year. I think the Kings have have to this extent had a big lead late. This was very reminiscent to the Hornets game from last year where they had an eight-point lead with, I think, a minute left. Yeah, uh, Remember that game? That was the yes. game where the foul in the end won, Rashawn fouled. Yeah. I think it was Miles Bridges or somebody. Before that, obviously, it was the Brooklyn game. Very similar. Yeah. That was uh, more of a – that was more elongated at least. At least that was like a whole quarter of I pain and suffering. That game was more painful to me because <laughs> – It was definitely more painful. That game, the whole quarter, you could kind of see it coming. Last night, we were at the game. Kings are up by – I think they're up by 12 or 11 with five, six minutes left, and you told me you were going to leave after – if someone knocked down a triple. No, it was – yeah, yep. I was like, and a three will send me home. Hit a three, and it will send me home. TD hit a three. Corner three. When we'll get we'll get to him in a little bit. You know, we're not going to let his 35-point night go untalked about, obviously, but uh, you said bye to me. I said, great. I was finishing my recap. Felt really good about it. I said, you know – I was looking at the schedule during that moment in the fourth quarter and said, all things considered, the Kings are about to win three or four. And over that stretch with the Lakers, the Hawks twice, Pistons, I would have been Rockets. Uh, uh, Rockets, excuse me. I would have been elated to to have three or four. Mm-hmm. I would have loved that. Uh, and I was feeling kind of okay, like you know they're going to lose in Milwaukee this weekend, and maybe they could, you know, Boston and Atlanta aren't they? They are beatable. I was like kind of talking myself into it as this Kings fan Kings fans do uh, in a very, very sad way. And I think once the first triple fell and I want to say it was Cade that knocked it down. Um, I just knew, I just knew that the game was going to be over. And then of course they put Olenek back in and Kelly Olenek, who I feel like has killed the Kings forever. Uh, it, it just seemed over from that point. And I want to know, were you listening on the radio while you were driving home? How did you gather the horror that was unfolding? So this is how this is how my experience went. Uh, I say bye to Frank. TD hits the corner three. You and I make direct eye contact because I had literally just said a three will send me home. Yep, and yep, then you're yep. like, said, all right, Chris, lift. like I'm calling your bluff. Like, are you about to dip? I was like, I'm about to dip. <laughs> <laughs> so I dip out. Kings are up 10, 130, 120, three minutes left. It's over. Game's over, right? As I get to like the exit 
of the main concourse. I walked out the main the main exit or main entrance. Um, I hear that Cade Cunningham is fouled out and that they're going to go to review to check it. Um, and then I think by the time like I'm out out, I can hear like or I check my phone and I see Cade is in fact kicked out. So then I'm walking from the main entrance of the arena to my car. And for, you know, those who obviously don't know, we park like on the backside of Doco, like your yard house and stuff. So that's a pretty decent walk. That's how I know it was like three minutes of gameplay or of, of real life time. So by the time I get from the entrance to my car, I get into my car, turn on sports 1140 KHDK. And I hear G man say, and with this free throw, they'll tie it up. I, and at that point, I'm shook. I'm like, there is no way that this man, look, I, I love G-Man. I love him. I love that man. But I'm like, this guy's tripping. Like, he's he's just having having a moment right now. And he's like, this is, you know, he, he didn't he didn't mean it. I then check my, my phone, see that it's 130 to 131. I hear G-Man obviously say, and now it's tied. By the time I, you know, unpark my car and leave the garage, the game is over. The Kings have lost. It was that it literally happened that fast from the time that you that I left the arena with three minutes to go to the time that I left the parking garage. The the rocket or the, the Pistons went on a 10 11 0 run. I never like I, I couldn't I literally could not believe it. Especially after the entire game, I mean, we're not going to go through the worst no. game I've seen all season. Like that was that was from was ugly, head to toe, from start to finish, gross, disgusting. Like in the first quarter, nobody could hit anything. In the second quarter, nobody could guard anybody, and everybody was making everything. Third quarter was just a stalemate, and then the fourth quarter was what it was. What a strange game, though, right? They score forty-five points in the second quarter, which is yeah. just ridiculous and insane. It immediately falls a quarter where they just looked like a completely like an elementary school team. And yeah, we don't I'm I was saying to you before we started recording, getting into the gameplay and you know, we're not that X and O anyways as it is, but getting into breaking down what happened over the course of the whole game, what's the use at this point? Because we've done it so many times, we know the team is just mm-hmm. bad. Cause when you look at it last night and the way I see it is the Kings were a, a, a career night from Terrence Davis away from losing that game handedly mm-hmm. to Detroit mm-hmm. in Harrison Barnes had a 20 point night. De'Aaron Fox scored 27. De'Aaron Fox has been playing a lot like himself lately. We'll get into De'Aaron Fox talk later, but if Terrence Davis doesn't flirt with a 40 point night, number one, the Kings lost already, but what does the game look like if TD has his usual mm-hmm. uh, and not an octave to, to TD? I mean, my God, he had a great night, but if he has 15 points, which is still a great night for TD, does do the, I don't know if the points come from somebody else right now. There's just no Tyrese yeah. Halliburton out there. The team just does not look the same. And the the breakdown's late. I it's almost like you can't even explain it. It's just like it's just like watching something you can't really describe. It 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 just you kind of take your hands off. The, it's like driving a Tesla or whatever. They drive themselves. Like you just kind of take your hands off and let it take you down the highway. It's gonna it's gonna go do its own thing. I mean, that's what happens when your team doesn't play defense. I mean, five. I'm looking right now. So the last two quarters of that Rockets game that they lost, and then the first three quarters of this Pistons game, the Kings allowed over 30 points in each quarter to 
two of the worst teams in the NBA. Like at some point you have to be able to stop somebody. You have to stop Corey Joseph. Like you, you got, <laughs> we know that that man is a menace. Okay. Dude. You've got to stop that guy. Um, and, you know, and Detroit was two points away from scoring 30 in the fourth. So that would have been six straight quarters of 30 point quarters, like of, of 30 points allowed in a quarter. And like, again, like you, you, you cannot realistically be or expect to beat anybody, anybody, as we're seeing anybody, if you're not going to play some defense at some point. Chris, and it's just, think, at, that, at this point, it just takes one quarter. It just takes one quarter of like, hold them to 22 points in a quarter and that's game. That's it. I think we can agree Sadiq Bey is a good basketball. We think he's a decent player. He's their only player at this point. I mean, Cade Cade really struggled last night. Oh, yeah. But, dude, Sadiq Bey averages 15 points a game on 38% shooting from the field. He doubled his his scoring output on the season last night. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kelly Olenek, he's a serviceable NBA big man. And he's been in the league for a while. Uh, He... Come, comes back from injury last night, scores 22 points. Uh, it's this just is the, the one that got me. Rodney Magruder is the one that I can't live with. Any man named Rodney cannot give you buckets like that. Like, you can, he, he really cooled down in the third quarter, but for Rodney Magruder to have 15 points, like, what, what are we doing? It's the defense is so bad that that's why I'm saying when we get into the trade talk in a few minutes, uh, I don't really care what they do at this point as far as all the rumors going around and, and, and what they will or will not do. But I think we all can agree just <laughs> to have a, a teardown of, of, of majority of this team isn't not the, the core pieces, mind you, but the play, the team just can't play defense. I don't know if it's a coaching thing at this point. I really don't think it's a coaching thing. Uh, this group. We should try firing Luke Walton. We should try firing Luke Are, Walton. Because. You know, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's obviously I mean, I say that to say, you know, it's it's clearly not. I don't think it's coaching. I, I would I wouldn't I don't want to say it's roster construction either, because really, I mean, this is this is one of the more talented teams we've seen come through here in terms of like on an individual basis. Like the Kings haven't had a guy like Terrence Davis just on their bench that can drop 30 any random game, you know. Um, I can't remember a Kings team that had that. And for them to be 18 and 29, you know, they're no better than what what we've seen the past 16 years. So to me, I think that's, you know, we've we've talked about it tons, but that's where the frustration comes from with with the losses this season. I just like, who would you categorize as a, as a plus defender, a, def- a defender on the Kings where you go, wow, he's he's locked down. He's he's a good defender. Davion no, Mitchell? because I, no, I wouldn't even say Davion Mitchell. Like Davion Mitchell is still a rookie. Like he's still trying to figure these things out. I mean, he's he's also a small guy at that. I mean, he's he's barely reaching six foot. He's never really going to be. I don't think he's ever really going to be able to like shut anyone down. Even you know, we we would hear all the time coming in Davion like, oh, in college he would actually like shut people. Like he would make off night. He would have make people have bad games. Um. And, you know, like, yes, he's definitely causing a lot of ball on ball pressure and like it's annoying, but I wouldn't say he's necessarily shutting people down. He is making key defensive. Even last night, he had a a strip late that went off Cade's knee. That was that was just like he's the only person on the team who's going to do that. But I would not say they have anybody who's who's a defensive stopper. No. And the whole team is a unit. 
uh, it's just a team full of, of, of non-defensive. I mean, Harrison Barnes, we've talked about a lot that he's able to hold his own on defense. I just don't know if he's quite the, the three and D player that, that we've kind of measured him out to be. Yeah. And Mo Harkless, same thing. I mean, obviously we know he struggled this year and he, he's not even in the rotation at the moment, but what the Kings envisioned when they signed Mo Harkless, they need a player like that. They need a player kind of like Robert Covington. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. saying the Kings should go, go get Robert Covington. Oh, and I think there's been rumors out there that among all the rumors that they're, that the, the Blazers are looking to shop Robert Covington. And uh, I think I read something a while back that they're linked to, to Marvin maybe. Uh, so I don't know if that's something that's going to solve problems, but a player that can play defense, play defense, mm-hmm. a stopper, that's what the team needs. They, they don't mm-hmm. need just one. They need multiple players like that. They have scores. They have plenty of scores. We all know this. And I think that's kind of at the root of the, the Ben Simmons trade rumors has been. I think that's why the Kings are so enamored with him. Not because, of, you know, he can't shoot the basketball. Because he's one of the best, if not a top two, three defender in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And he can defend almost every position. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm seeing right now. And that's what I'm seeing late is they just have nobody they can, they can throw out there and say, go lock him up, go stop him. And when you look at a game like last night, it doesn't really matter if you have a player like that because they, they just let everybody score. Everyone got their licks in. Olenek got his, his shots in. Cade Cunningham before he fouled out. Uh, Corey Joseph hit the game winner. So don't say that. I that's what I knew. As soon as he had the ball in his hands, I said I just started finishing my recap. I said, okay, it's gonna happen. And it was a tough shot. He he kind of pushed off a little bit. There's no such thing as a tough shot for Kojo. No. It's all buckets. So <laughs> um no, it's it's true. It's it, last year he scored I think 24 points and had eight assists against the Kings. He he outplayed he outplayed De'Aaron and, and Tyrese in that game. So uh, I do not know, do not know how the team continues to keep making this an art form, like you said, other than the fact that it kind of comes back down to getting stops. And they are unable to get stops. They can't get stops. The offense was great last night. 50% mm-hmm. from the field, 40% from three. They set a new season high in free throw attempts by the, the midway point of the third quarter. They're doing everything they need to do. They scored 130 points, Chris. They lost. Yeah. Not many times you can really do that. Like that, that's where, again, like <laughs> you have to play some form of defense if you want to win these games. And like, I think, um, you know, that's, that's going to be one of the big things I think uh, for them pushing inevitably, I think that for, for Simmons is going to be, he just does a lot of the things that the Kings are bad, not bad at, but really need. Um, they could really use a, another playmaker. They could really use a defensive stopper. They could use some real legit size and, and mobility at the same time, rebounding as well. Um, he just checks a lot of boxes, and and to me, it makes you know we can we can get into that in a little bit, but um, we're pretty just, much there at this know, point. I mean, but yeah. I guess um, the last thing is there anything else with the game last night that you. TD, I, I, TD. Honestly, TD and Marvin are are my biggest takeaways of just. I mean, obviously, TD with this thirty five. I think, I think it's really clear that. Um, 
I mean, we've talked about it since the off season and, and uh, I've heard people talk about it around the arena, but TD is, is showing that he, he can more than replace Buddy Heald. If, uh, if Buddy has moved at the deadline, I, I think, you know, you don't necessarily would need to take on somebody, you know, to try and replace what Buddy does because Terrence is just pretty much a carbon copy of what, of what Buddy is. And, and, um, except with with more all around skill and maybe less, you know, focused shooting ability, um, and and Marvin, I mean Marvin Marvin has continued to just stack stack games. I mean I'm, I'm not trying to be funny with that. Like he, he's he's legitimately putting, I think it's been like four or five straight really really solid games where he's not stepping outside of himself he's not you know calling for the ball if anything i think he should request the ball or request he should send in a request for the ball yeah. more often um he has I, I think he, games with nine or more rebounds I, yeah and to me that's proof of just like marvin's putting his head down he's like i'm i'm just gonna go out here and do me and like when the ball comes to me i'm gonna go to work i'm gonna do my thing but um, I'm gonna make sure that I'm at least doing something in this game, and and that's been really good to see. And I think I haven't seen him this engaged probably since his rookie season. Um, and it's just, I mean, he, he's I've I've been beating his well, beating his drum all year, but he he's he's a uh, he's a hell of a talent. Like he's he's just so damn talented and it's gonna hurt because he has he really has to get traded the kings can't put themselves in a situation where they have to make a decision on marvin in the offseason they need to just cut ties with it now and have it be somebody else's problem try and get something anything really um that is just of of similar value um it's probably exciting for him like it's gotta be i mean especially himself yeah he's motivated because he's He's playing for it's a showcase, so mm-hmm. definitely. I am. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you have any thoughts? No, you're good. No, 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 you're totally fine. No, I um, I I do like what I've seen from Marvin. Obviously, TD. Yeah, we've talked about it a million times. How I think when he in our off season podcast about when TD was was signed, how he was kind of the heir to Buddy when he gets moved. I do think that's been the plan from the beginning. I think that we're saying that it's kind of coming to fruition at this point. Cause when you look at last night, TD plays almost 40 minutes, Buddy played 19. And after that three pointer, he took in the first quarter, he took one more shot. Bruh. That's yeah. I, that's something I, I definitely meant to say is like, Buddy's complete. Buddy's completely checked out. I mean, I <laughs> where Marvin, I've never seen a more more checked in since his rookie season. I haven't seen Buddy this checked out. I think ever. ever. If there's one thing Buddy Hield likes to do, it's shoot the basketball. And for him to take two, and this isn't just last game. Like it's been really the past like month or so since since the rumors of like the the team is having meeting like team meetings on what's wrong. I've really noticed Buddy's aggressiveness has taken a huge, huge dip. Um, And that's, you know, yeah, that's probably because teammates are like, bro, like you're taking like 15 shots a game and 12 of them are threes. Um, And now, you know, we'll, we'll see when he's hot. He's, he usually will still get his shots. And um, he had 27, I think the other night um, against, was that against the Rockets or the Lakers? The drop off is just so drastic, though. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's 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 so obvious. It's just like, like I don't, and I don't know if it's them freezing him out or a combination of him not shooting and fr- them freezing him out, but it, it's well, definitely noticeable. 
last I mean he plays 30 minutes in back-to-back games against Houston and he scores you know 27 and one and 19 the other and he looks good he shoots 40 percent from three in the first game and then he makes five and nine uh in the second and last night he takes two shots both threes misses both plays 19 wasn't close that was his first game playing less than 20 minutes since early December. Mm. And that game, too, against Orlando, he was 2 of 13 and 1 of 10 from 3. I think Luke just had had, had enough at that point. Or uh, I think that was actually Alvin at that point. It was Alvin at that point. Um, I think he's had enough. So, Buddy seems checked out. I, I do think, which is kind of a nice transition to, to trade talk, um, if Buddy gets moved, I'm very comfortable with TD taking those minutes. TD can play basketball. Like, he he's a basketball player. He can play defense. At a higher level than Buddy, I'm not going to say he's a he's a great defender, but I I trust him on defense more than Buddy. I trust him on on offenses as a, as a playmaker. Uh, he can rebound. He has a high a high motor. I could see him being a starter if the Kings were to move Harrison Barnes and they wanted to just go with the three guard lineup. I mean, TD could play the threes. Theoretically, the Kings started Buddy Heald at the three last year in a lot of games with mm-hmm. with Ty and and De'Aaron. So, um. Transitioning to trade stuff, I think the, the number one thing we can all agree on in every rumor that's come up, the the one name remains the same. That's in every rumor. It's Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald mm-hmm. is is the name that the Kings are definitely trying to sell off aggressively, aggressively trying to move him, which isn't news. We know the Kings have been trying to move him for, for pretty much since they signed his contract uh, or since Vladi was fired, really. But um, with everything that's come out over the last couple of days – and I'm not sure if we talked about if we're going to lead up, list it all off or if we're just going to kind of go off the top of our head. But uh, we all know that the Kings have been involved with with Ben Simmons or mm-hmm. discussions. But yesterday morning, I believe the first report was Jason Anderson came out and said that the Kings were offering Fox for DeMontis Sabonis. Then uh, I believe the next report came out was Keith Pompey uh, of the Philadelphia Inquirer. He covers the 76ers, does a great job. Uh, a guy who's plugged in with sources. Like someone credible told him this information, saying that the Kings were offering Tyrese Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald. Is that right? Buddy Heald yes. for Tyree, not Tyrese Maxey, uh, Matisse Thibel, Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris. And then the conclusion of that was about 20 minutes later, after Twitter had been on fire for the whole afternoon, Sham bomb just dropped the bomb. <laughs> From the athletic, him uh, Shams and Sam Amick say, "Hey, the Kings just told, you know, the Kings and and De'Aaron Fox's agency both pretty much came together to say he isn't moving. Like he's not moving unless there is a grandfather, granddaddy of them all offer, Godfather offer." I said all the fathers in that. Um, <laughs> so basically, where we are right now is what we've come to understand. After all the things that have come out yesterday, the things that we've been seeing and hearing and, and you know, what Chris and I aren't completely plugged in yet, but we, we, we know some things and we've seen some things. The walls but talk. The walls talk. Based on things we've been reading and seeing, I think we can say with fairly, you know, strong certainty the Kings are not going to move Tyrese or De'Aaron. I'd say there's a, a 9.9 percent. 9.9 out of 10 chance. Percentage. That's still a 99.9% chance. Yeah. But they don't move them. And that's something that I think that has been relayed to through through other forms of more credible media. 
uh, it's going to take a lot. And I think it would take maybe Ben Simmons and Thibault uh, to, to kind of get the Kings to move one of those players. And that is kind of a sticking point in the Philly talks because they really value Thibault and his defense, which is kind of funny because Matisse Thibault might be a, a holdup in, in a, a deal that could bring you De'Aaron Fox. Uh, but I'm just wondering, with all everything we know, how do you feel about these rumors? Do you, are you comfortable with the Kings saying, hey – we are holding on to De'Aaron and Tyrese and building around them. Is that the right move to you? The move of saying it or the move of actual doing it? Both. I mean, I'm I'm not really one. I'm not really a fan of the whole media game that, that these GMs like to play of the, I'm not going to do this, but, you know, this is just so people start calling me about it and all that stuff. Um I, I get it. Um, I don't know how the thing is, I just don't know how effective it is. Like, I don't, I don't think if you're lying is what I'm saying, you know, if you're telling the truth, then, you know, whatever, you're just telling the truth. You're, you're dispelling false rumors out there, but if you're using it to gain leverage in a, in a, in a negotiation or, you know, try and get, you know, Oh, you know, whatever. I don't know. If you're just trying to gain leverage, I, I just don't know how much anyone really falls for it through the media. Maybe it, maybe it really does cause a sense of urgency, but um, in terms of actually not shopping those two, I just, I feel like it's just, it's not realistic to try and get one of those big guys if you're not going to give up something big and now maybe maybe if you read between the lines maybe it's more that the kings are going to be shopping picks instead of those players and maybe that'll be the result of it is just we're going to be so surprised that like oh yeah of course they're not going to throw in Deeron and tyrese they threw in four first round picks with harrison barnes like yeah they shouldn't need anything but um Unless that's the case, I just I don't I don't really know how the, the Kings expect to get Sabonis or Simmons with Marvin Bagley or Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes as the key piece. Um, you know, at, at some point, Daryl Morey is right in the fact that he needs to be able to sell Joel Embiid and the Sixers franchise on. Hey, yeah, like I know we just ostracized this like really crazy young talent, but like we at least got at least we got Tyrese Halliburton back. Not it's it's just a tough sell job to be like, hey, here's Harrison Barnes. Like he's gonna he's gonna Buddy steady Heald. things for us. Buddy healed. Like it, it's it's it just doesn't make sense. And especially, you know, when you when you turn that onto Sabonis as well. Sabonis is on a much better contract. He's a comparable player. Um, and you know, honestly, the Pacers shouldn't be in any rush to sell him. So I don't really see how, again, like, how are you going to convince Indiana, a team that is probably trying to rebuild? Like, Hey, here's Harrison Barnes. Here's maybe Marvin is at least enticing in that situation, but even then it's just for the remainder of the season. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I've never really understood how Kings fans are expecting to I, get something back without giving away something. I think when you look at it, as far as Philly right now has a player that is not going to play for them ever again. Yeah. I think Ben Simmons has, has clearly drawn his line in the sand and said, Hey, I don't want to play here anymore. I don't, yeah. I don't appreciate the way things went down. Uh, you know, he was used as a scapegoat 
uh, or a, a, a person a, a person to point a finger at after what happened with Philly last year in the playoffs. And uh, it was pretty unfair, in my opinion. Like, I know he he had his moments, and he, he fell apart, melted down, but um, he didn't solely lose that series. And Doc Rivers and, ben, and uh, Joel Embiid both threw him under the bus immediately after the game. Hmm. So I, I do look at that and say, he's, he's not bringing you anything. He's not doing anything for your team right now. He's just going to cost you money or if you're going to fight it over in, in, in court or whatever about if you need to pay him or not. So when I look at the Sixers, I just don't really fully, if there's nothing else out there, understand why a deal of Harrison, uh, a player who's under contract for one more year and who would for sure help their team out right now, like he would help out their team right now more than Ben Simmons not playing at all would. And if the Kings were to say, you know, and this is where people might not agree with me as, as much as, as I feel about the, the idea of draft picks is I would throw like two or three firsts mm-hmm. with Harrison Barnes and buddy and say, can we take Ben? And that might not be enough. And I understand that, but the, the picks, the only way you can upgrade this roster without moving De'Aaron or Tyrese is the picks. Yeah. The first round pick, we have all of them. And if you want to do a Paul, not a Paul George type deal, we mentioned that a while ago, the OKC uh, Clippers deal, where they sent like five or six first round picks. And I think Shea Gilligas, uh, I would not care if news broke tomorrow saying the Kings have traded Buddy Heal, Harrison Barnes in three first round picks. And the three is the, like the worst case scenario, but you get Ben Simmons for four years. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, would you rather have your first round picks for the next three years or would you rather have Ben Simmons mm-hmm. with this roster? I'm taking Ben Simmons to play with Tyrese and De'Aaron. And you really yeah. want to see what those guys can do surrounded by elite talent. You might have to leverage the future a little bit as far as giving those picks up, but you're also investing in your future by getting a player, a generational all-star talent in Ben Simmons who can do things that nobody else has done over since he came into the league. No one's averaging 15, 8, and 7 on 57% shooting for four mm-hmm. years in a row. Nobody else. I looked it up yesterday. Nobody else has done that. So – it's an interesting thing, like situation with the Kings to be in, because if you don't move those players, like you said, how can you really upgrade the roster? You can't really, from a player standpoint, you can't trade Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald and Terrence Davis and Rashawn Holmes and Alex Lennon and get Ben Simmons back. It's just not going to work that way. But you can put those very valuable first-round picks, which could be used by other teams as a trade, a trade chip down the line that could be pawned off to somebody else. Like It could all be used down the road to make you better now. Um, that's kind of where I am on the whole thing. I'm, I'm, I'm team build around Tyrese and De'Aaron. If they can bring someone in to play around them, if they don't do anything and they just move, if they move Tristan Thompson and Harrison for, I don't know, like an Evan Fournier type player, it's not going to cut it for me. That's that really hurt. That was painful for to even hear. Um, it's not going to cut it for me to go back to, the Philly side of things, uh, you you mentioned the, uh, how they're just getting nothing for Ben Simmons. I feel like at this point, they're totally fine with, they've already accepted the fact they're not getting anything. You know, whatever happens this season happens this season in terms of they're on the court without Ben. Um, and they're, they're willing to live with that. And the fear, not fear, but if I'm Philadelphia, um, what I would prefer to do is to just hold on to, you know, if you, if you get a Harrison Barnes as your marquee player in an offer, just don't take it. 
take it into the, take Ben Simmons into the offseason. I know Kyrie Irving and James Harden are free agents. We saw that this is exactly how the Warriors, you know, ended up trading. You know, they traded KD for for D'Lo. Maybe you can get James Harden, who who again Daryl Morey played under Daryl Morey. <clears throat> the Sixers have been rumored uh, previously. The only reason the Rockets didn't trade him to Philly was because uh, uh, what's their owners? They just didn't want to give him to Daryl. Essentially, um, why not? I, I absolutely think Brooklyn would take Ben Simmons for in a sign and trade for one of Harden or Kyrie. D- to me, that's that would be what I would do if I were Philly and say you can take Harrison Barnes and you can shove it. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but if, if that, like, but also if that happened, like, what do the Kings do at that point? So obviously Sabonis is the second option, but at that point, are the Kings like, what if, what if Indiana's like, again, like, we're not just going to move this guy for nothing. Like we want, we want one of those two guys. Is there, this, is that the type of thing that makes Monty budge? There's a third option. Uh, the one name that has kind of gotten buried due to his, he had an injury, some news come out, Miles Turner. I still think he's kind of a dark horse to be moved, especially if the Sabonis thing just doesn't work out. I mean, Indiana, like you said, they might be like, hey, we want more for Sabonis. He's an all-star. And he's also doing things that, like, only the only other center that's posting numbers even similar to him is, is Nikola Jokic, who's doing more so, of course. He's an MVP, but uh, a passing big man who can who has a little bit of range and can, can rebound better than anybody. Um, Sabonis is going to get some value. Now, Miles Turner seems like someone who could be – he has one more year in his contract um, – he does have a stress fracture in his foot. Kind of scary. Who knows about not that? Great. But not great. But you know, Greg, Greg Wissinger from the Kings Herald just had a tweet that I I I kind of wouldn't think would be the worst thing either. He says, keep Fox, keep Halliburton, shop everyone else. Get Miles Turner, let him recover for the remainder of the season. Next year you have Fox, Halliburton, Turner, and a high pick. Embrace being bad this one year. It doesn't need to take years. Um it's at a point where that is kind of maybe where it's going. I don't know if there's going to be a big giant move if Tyrese and, and mm-hmm. uh, De'Aaron are not moved. There might not be a giant all-star type player move. It might just be Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald moved for parts, you know, for a couple defensive expiring. Maybe it's a salary dump. Maybe a team out there that's, that's competing will take on Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald um, or separate teams a team that needs shooting because as we were talking about last night, I don't know if you were part of that conversation or not. We're talking about if Buddy Heald was on, it was on Philly. He would thrive. I think being outside mm-hmm. on that perimeter, like you see, they have had shooters in the past, like Covington, like Danny green, like uh, Seth Curry, who's been reinvented pretty much. He's been becoming a 20 point per game score. Uh, that team goes through Joel Embiid and Joel Mikel shoot the ball too. But if you put Buddy Heald on a com- on a competitive playoff team with a legit star playmaker, like on the Lakers too, he'd be great. I think he would have been a great Laker, kind of how Malik Monk is playing. Um, there's there's this team out there that probably eyes him and says we could make him work. Like we could fix we could fix him, not all the way, but enough to where he could just be a shooter that hustles, and we could try to to make him a, a salvageable defender. Um, those might be the only moves that the team makes moving buddy moving mm-hmm. Harrison and a move like that, what Greg put out there trading for miles Turner, maybe it takes Marvin and, and Harrison and, or whatever. I, I, I wouldn't hate that having miles just waiting in the wings for next year. Um, if that's all they do, I can live with that because if they do lose, 
and not tank because I'm just not a big fan of tanking. But if they go forward the way they're going right now, they're going to be a top 10 lottery team. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how I think about the whole thing. I'm not a Miles Turner's guy. Miles no. Turner's. Not all, all three of them. Oh, um, them? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm not a big Miles Turner guy. I, I Not that he's a bad player. Um, I think he's perfectly fine. I just I don't really see how he's much better than Rashawn Holmes. Like, yeah, he, he can shoot the ball um, or he takes threes, I should say. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure Rashawn Holmes wouldn't be a, a whatever, 35% three-point shooter if he took a couple. Um I just, you know, I, I don't think he really impacts winning much. Like when, when was last time you watched Indiana period um, or watch them? And then like, you were like, Oh, miles Turner is really like their best player on the court or like, you know, is making a real impact. I think not to say he's big empty stats, but he's just kind of not, not a, you know, if you trade for miles Turner, that's not going to affect your, your, your wins. You know, it's the same way as last season. You know, we saw the same thing with Rashawn Holmes. I think, um, you know, Rashawn had a great season. There were games where Rashawn was routinely putting up 2010s. Um, but he, you know, it didn't really mean that the Kings were winning and it didn't mean, this oh, too. Rashawn that's Holmes all, is changing right the now. gravity of the team. Um, so that's really my concern with Miles is I just I don't know, like, is he a good piece for sure? But. <laughs> Um, again, like, I don't, I don't know if he's really like impacting your winning much and that then causes a problem unless you trade Rashawn as a part of the miles Turner deal, miles Turner and Rashawn are, are not happen. redundant, but it's just, it's size wise. You definitely don't need to have both of them. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, yeah, I, 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 I think that would be a, 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 uh, what does it mean? Not second tertiary, a nice tertiary option. Um, if Sabonis and Simmons, is that a word? Oh yeah, that's a great oh, yeah? word. It's you like you know, it's it's first and then or fir- <laughs> firstly, second, you know, whatever you say for first, and then it's secondary, and then it's tertiary. Don't look okay. me up. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, not. I'm, I'm, I'm like ninety eight percent confident that I'm right, but you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know some. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know some um, of these words. Yeah. If the Kings feel like they have to do something, it's been rumored. You know, we've heard. I think we heard like two seasons ago um, that that uh, that Buddy Heald and and was Buddy Heald for Miles Turner was heavily talked about um, and just kind of fell through. But I don't know if that you know one for one still works out. But I think something can be worked out with those two as you know as the lead guys. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I guess it it it's a uh, it's a different style. It, it would be, you know, Miles Turner is a legitimate rim protector. I'm pretty sure he's leading the league in blocks right now. Yeah, last um, years. Yeah, last so that's definitely something the Kings haven't had, with the exception of Hassan Whiteside, who was wasn't that. Um, Don't but that name. yeah, sorry. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it would be a nice option to have a, an actual rim protector. Maybe that could save, you know eight to 10 points a game for the Kings uh, just off of, you know, rejections. But, uh, you know, again, I, I don't really think the Kings adding Miles Turner to their core is, is like a, Oh, big three look out. It's, it's definitely like a Miles Turner should be your fourth or fifth best starter. Uh, Chris, 
while you while you said Hassan Whiteside, I looked up his stats. He is now. Oh, he's, I'm sure he's going stupid. He's doing the Bellinelli. Uh, I mean, he's played the ex- so he's played the exact same number of games for Utah this year as he did for mm-hmm. Sacramento last year. Fun 30, stuff already. Thirty six games. Uh, he's playing around the same amount of minutes. Fifteen in Sacramento, sixteen in Utah. Hassan Whiteside in Sacramento averaged eight point one points per game. In Utah, he's averaging eight point two points per game. Hmm. With Sacramento, he averaged six points or six rebounds per game. In Utah, he's averaging 6.8 rebounds per game. And finally, he averaged 1.3 blocks per game in Sacramento last year. He is averaging 1.3 blocks per game in Utah. Different teams by every every measure of the imagination as far as wins and losses go as well. And the numbers are the same. So, yeah, um, the Kings have not had a a shot-blocking – present a big presence and his uh Rashawn is a player who can be that when he's healthy and his play's been a little concerning lately as he's he just does not look the same at all compared to what we saw over the, per, mm-hmm. the first 20 25 games um i i don't know if it's something that may be getting hit in the face and in the eye which is is a scary injury like coming back from that has got to be scary it's kind of similar to when you get hit in the face with a baseball kind of getting back in the box after that i'm i'm sure yeah. there's a little, a little bit of hesitancy and like like kind of like you kind of just you kind of have to get back get used to it he got hit in the face twice over a three-game period one we saw it at practice his eye looked like it was gonna fall out of his head it was bloodshot and, and yellow and it was swollen and then literally a, a game or two later he has that same eye sliced either partially on the actual eye and and the outside of the eye but he had a it was a severe injury he had an eye patch for, for a week and a half he missed m- many games uh covid it's just been one of those lost seasons for Rashawn so far and there is time for him to come back there's time for him to be productive again but i think i was showing you last night what his 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 game logs over the first i think 20 games of the season he was averaging 15 and 10 on 60 percent shooting and since i believe he's only played in about nine games or so but he's averaging around five points and, and five rebounds and he's shooting i think 52 percent, which is well below he's shooting 70 percent season so He's he's got to refine he's refined I don't know if that's even or either he has to rediscover uh, that part of his game and, and just become that guy the Kings wanted when they signed him and I wonder if his name is one that's kind of quietly coming up in trade talks because if they do want to look to make a move for Sabonis for Miles Turner um, I don't think the Ben Simmons deal would involve him at all they they seem pretty set with with Joel Embiid and Drummond. Uh, I would I would be remiss though if I didn't say that he is someone that could be moved. Everyone's on the table, like you said. Everybody's on the table. Uh, even though Darren and Tyrese are like almost all the way off the table, they have like a fingertip like on the table. Uh, everyone is available at the right price. So, smoke screen season. Be mm-hmm. careful. Look for blue check marks. Look for uh, I don't know. Just kind of look at their. Just make sure it's a legit page, legit source. If you're not mm-hmm. familiar with. with uh, people out there on, on the Twitter's verse and just be careful. People get duped a lot this time of year. They do. They get duped bad. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for the time where it's going to be me, where Adrian Wad, Wadorowski or something tweets that the Kings have traded De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton for Sabonis and Simmons. And I'm like, Oh my God. Oh. And then, you know, I, you know, I'm like, Frankie, write an article, hurry up. And then you're like, uh, dude, you go to the, the Twitter and it's like, yeah, it's like a meme it's guy. It's woge with waves. Woge <laughs> waves and selling NFTs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Just selling NFTs. So it's, um, 
be, be careful. Put the notifications on because that just kind of filters yeah. filters it for you. Like now you just go mm-hmm. to notifications and, and that's what easy, easy way to tell if it was them or not. But um, that's all I really have for trade mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, yeah. I have like what's your ideal deadline, but I think we both know our ideal deadline is maybe not getting one of those guys, but is depth. Maybe just more – like if, if they don't move De'Aaron or Tyrese, just some solid depth. Is that kind of one thing you would look for? I think I've been saying it since the draft. They need a star. Like they need like what the team needs is a guy who is better than just about everybody else on their team. They need like they need somebody like how Tyrese has emerged as the team's second best option. They need a guy who's going to emerge as a clear I mean, I guess at this point, it's fine if he's well, no, at this point, he needs to be better than at least Tyrese Halliburton. Like they need to get at least a second best player. It's fine if they're not as good as De'Aaron Fox, because, you know, De'Aaron Fox is is a is a damn good player. And uh, if you're not going to get rid of a damn good player, you're probably not going to get a damn good player back. But if, if they can somehow, some way package um, the rest of the guys I would I would honestly prefer it not be Tyrese. If if we have to move one of the two guys, I do understand moving De'Aaron <clears throat> moving De'Aaron or having De'Aaron be that that number one option to move of those two, just because he makes more money. And with his limits shooting, it I think, you know, once the Kings start to get into games that matter, it could definitely become become an issue. Um, especially, you know, like in a playoff series, if, if teams were to somehow try and take away De'Aaron's um, ability to to, to uh, get to the rim, you know, maybe they could, you know, we saw it with Giannis earlier in his playoff career. Teams would literally build a wall so he couldn't get to the rim. Um, you know, if, if people... For- <laughs> no, I do not support... Oh, the, the Van- no, oh no, 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 no. We're not, not, not that one. Not that wall. No, not, the, like, I don't, not, not, yeah, not, I don't support any wall building. Not the bad wall. No, the, the Stan Van Gundy wall. <laughs> you build yeah. an effing wall. Yeah. It's uh, yes. if you, if, if, if I wants to make sure we're not talking about the, the bad one. So <laughs> go, just, just go, go Google Stan Van Gundy uh, wall, wall. On, yeah. on YouTube. And yes. in, the, in the middle of a scrum, it, it time out. I think, uh, yeah, get back. I, I think, uh, yeah, De'Aaron's, De'Aaron's shot, shot, lack of shot making ability, though, he has become absolutely freaking nails at that mid range jump shot, like to the point where it's, it's going in 70 plus percent of the time, it feels. Um, I, I just think Tyrese's ability to pass, to shoot the deep, deep ball. And, uh, you know, just be just be a, a, a nice I'm not saying De'Aaron's not nice, but like D- Tyrese is an emotional leader. You see it on the court. He'll get so excited on, you know, on plays and stuff. And De'Aaron definitely used to get like that when he was younger. But um, I think the league has uh, slashed the Kings have have hardened him pretty, uh, pretty fiercely. Um, I would just, I, you know, if if and I think Darren would honestly get you something more. I think a lot of the league likes Tyrese, is intrigued by Tyrese, but I think a part of that is that the league is hoping that the Kings undervalue him and don't see him as like a potential number one guy. Um, a long way of saying I, I just I hope that they get a damn good player, and that that's so what my hope is. You're taking a hard stance on the 
you're open to trading. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's what Monty has has worked too much in the margins, and it's shown that it's just it's not it doesn't do anything. It's not gonna it's not gonna move without one yeah, of those two players. It, and much. that's that's my fear with Miles Turner is like you get Miles Turner, he's the third best guy on your team, hopefully, um, and it's like all right, how much how much better did we get? And we just traded off because now I mean. It, it, it's all again, like I've said it before, this team is kind of built like a Jenga. What is a Jenga building Jenga stack um, where it's like you trade way. Harrison Barnes. All right. Now you have nobody who's like six, seven, six, eight, six, nine. You don't have a three. You don't have a forward who is versatile, can score um, and play. Deep, you know, not the Harrison really like plays but like, he's not playing the three. Like, you know, no, we can't, no. we can't it's shove Mo Harkless in there. You can't, you know, if you're going to play Terrence Davis, that's like when the Kings were trying to shoehorn Buddy Heald at the three. It's just like he's six four, six five. Like he's not going to be able to guard a lot of guys. Um, it and and you know they don't have you know that's where having Ben Simmons at least at the four, you could put him at the three or the four, and at least size wise and mobility wise, he can keep up with both positions. Mo Harkless can keep up defensively with both positions, but he's not an offensive weapon at all. Isn't somebody who should start Terrence Davis. You have the opposite issue where offensively he should be fine, but defensively he's going to get absolutely murdered. So it's, it's, and then, you know, obviously I've said it with the Jenga thing about buddy healed, you take buddy healed off the roster. You're hoping Terrence Davis. And I'm, you know, I, I think Terrence could step into that buddy kind of role, especially since buddy's taken a step back. But, you know, to expect Terrence Davis to come in and, and hit what I think Buddy's making four or five threes a game, I, I don't think Terrence Davis can 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 touch that. Um, I, and also, yeah, I, I don't think I, – I just think, that, you know, you can get a, a better version of that than Terrence Davis. I just – I don't know. I think the team is is uh, they're they're going to have to take a risk if they want to eventually get good. It, it's it's not easy to get good, especially when you're very very bad. And it's gonna you know we we saw it with uh, you know Phoenix is a good example. Obviously, Chris Paul was was a is a highly paid player who they had to give up a lot for, and they weren't sure how good it would ultimately make them. But at the end of the day, you eventually you got to just be like, all right, we're, we're trying here. Like we got to try something and it worked out for him. Um, Chicago took a risk with, with signing DeMar DeRozan, who's, you know, who was kind of looking like he was heading towards the back half of his career. Now he's averaging 28 points a game and Chicago hasn't been this good since Derek Rose was there. Um, you know, on and on and on, you can go on and, um, I just don't want, you know, we and I were texting about this the other day. Like, I don't want to end up like Minnesota either, where it's like, you know, they, they really risked it all trying to get D'Lo because they thought D'Lo and Cat and their number one pick was going to be uh, the, the solution. And, you know, yeah, they're they're I think the eight seed right now. They're, they're around like the, 500. But they're like, like how the Kings played in 2019, like 1819. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like that team right now. Yeah. And how much better is that? You know, we've we've lived that life. We've it's at that. least fun. You can you can talk yourself into, oh, maybe next year we're just going to keep on building and building and building. But, um, you know, I, I it's it's uh, it's it, that's that shows how hard it is. You can I, have three incredibly talented guys and still be a 500 basketball team. 
The Lakers yeah. have the best freaking guy I've ever seen play basketball in my life. LeBron James is playing the best basketball he has ever played in his career. He's averaging the most points since 2009. And the Lakers are like three games under 500 or something like that. Like it, it it's, it's hard. Like you got, you got to get as many talented guys as possible on the roster. And uh, I just, I, again, like to spring it back around, I just don't think, working in the margins is going to make this team anything. No, it's very hard to win in sports. As we know, it's been 16 years. We get it. That's saying it, you know, lightly. So when you talk about making a move, it's going to bring in a player like that. Yeah. We've talked about how the Kings are probably going to hold on to De'Aaron Tyrese. And maybe that's the right move. Maybe it isn't, but if they were to want to make a move, like we were talking about, yeah, it's going to take one of those guys. And it is scary. It's very, very scary. And I, I tweeted it yesterday. I said, if you do make a move like that, you have to be right. You have to mm-hmm. be right if you trade De'Aaron Fox, who's under contract four more years. He's 24 years old. Uh, that's perspective. And at the end of his contract, he'll only be 28 years old. Uh, it's it's scary. And if you want to win, though, like you said, you, you got to make a risk. And maybe there is a move that's going to come up, and maybe it smoke screens, and maybe they do end up making a move, and they move De'Aaron or they move Tyrese and they bring back a really good player in return. But for now, it appears the stance is they're holding on to those, to those back, those, that back court, De'Aaron and Tyrese. Is that the right move? We're going to find out mm. uh, somehow for whatever reason, because the universe is sick. They're a game and a half back of the 10 spot still, which is honestly frustrating to me at this point. Cause I kind of wish they were further out of it. Cause then it would make them, <laughs> maybe it would put a little more, make money see a little more hot make it make a move that uh that would make things better or make things worse for the right reason worse as far as the kings just again i'm not big on tanking but if they're out of it they're out of it and right now they're very much not out of it uh at least mathematically so there's still like a little less than half a season to play which is exhausting to say out loud there's like 33 34 games left uh is that my math right on that uh there are if anyone out there even is wondering uh the kings are 18 and 29 so there's what 35 games left that's just that's crazy to me that's crazy to me it's like half there's half the season left the thing is though the kings have a brutal second half of the schedule like their second half like i'm seeing a lot of nuggets games uh i see two celtics games they've got Bucks, they have the Heat, they've got Warriors twice. Uh, they still have to play the Bulls, they have Brooklyn. Now, the Bulls, uh, new broke Utah. while we sitting here. Lonzo Ball, ducking Fox, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> he is going to undergo meniscus surgery and mm-hmm. he will be out for around two months. So, mm-hmm. we will not be seeing a Lonzo Fox matchup. No. It, no, whether Fox is on another team or if Fox is here. He will not be facing off against Lonzo Ball. Yeah, yeah. They, they play, play the Bulls February sixteenth, and then again in early March or mid March, which he could be back for that. Could be back. Um, but just to kind of look at it before we get into awards and and the other stuff, just the upcoming schedule real quick. Uh, for us, we'll probably record again, maybe on Sunday. There's football going on Sunday though, so I don't know. Yeah, it might just be maybe maybe Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe or Monday. Monday. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong week. I'm looking at the wrong week. Monday. 
sorry, Monday well, morning. maybe not Monday, just because there's only been one game. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. we'll see how uh, we'll see how trades go. We'll see how trades go. Okay, yeah, we'll see how trades go. But yeah, they do only play yeah. one game. They they they've had I'll a nice see. break. Either Monday or Friday. They've had a bi- a pretty big break. They've played uh, two games over the past five days, I think. Mm. Six days. They played two games over the past six days. Then they play on Saturday, and then they have two more days off. So it's a good time for Tyrese to, you know, hopefully he's doing well and he's, he's on the men uh, with, with COVID protocols. But if you were to miss any, any stretch, it's a stretch to miss because if he could somehow get back before Tuesday, which in my mind is, is realistic uh, to me because he did go out on Sunday, and that's, mm-hmm. that's a whole nine, ten days. So uh, Milwaukee's probably a scheduled L. They've lost ten in a row to Milwaukee. Dating back to 2015, they've lost 10 in a row to Milwaukee. They haven't beat them in six years, almost seven. So uh, we have Milwaukee on Saturday, and then we have a back-to-back, which is winnable. Uh, at least one of them is winnable in my mind. I don't really care about the excuses. Boston, <laughs> Atlanta, both are not the Boston and Atlanta from last year. Uh, we've played Atlanta already. We know what they're capable of. Um, we know the Kings are capable of, but that's mm. pretty much the next three. Milwaukee, Boston, Atlanta. That's Those are the next three we uh set our sights to do you think Fun. you know any of their their logos their uh their sponsors i can't cool. i can't do it on all of them there's no way i no. know any let's, of them let's just, let's just do uh is milwaukee they're not harley davidson anymore right no they used to and i actually funny enough i thought that was That's a cool. decent decent patch i didn't like the 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 orange color of it but like it was cool little little patch i know brands are brands and they want to have their their color scheme as a part of it but if they could somehow just yeah. mesh and merge the logo color mm-hmm. with the jersey color it looks so cool in all these jerseys it, be, it should be a collaboration you know it should be a collaboration like, so yeah it well, doesn't have to be harley but, davidson it should be yeah, harley davidson brother it's it's it looks cool if it's you know like the, i like the kings the king's I like the dial pad because it's like the same color as a jersey and silver. Um, Boston. Oh, no. What is Milwaukee first? Milwaukee is. Let's see here. Looking up Giannis Antetokounmpo. They are Motorola, which is definitely a company we have heard of. You know, shout out everyone who had a uh, a, uh, flip phone or, you know, just like the solid bricks, like one of the first cell phones. I think a Motorola might have been my first cell phone. I never had a Razor. I didn't either. Uh, big fan though. They looked really cool. Big fan, yeah. They were really cool. Everyone was like, "My razor," and they'd throw them across like the school playground. <laughs> skip. Maybe that was just that one kid I was talking Whoa. to. Whoa! Wow. He would just say, "Check this thing out. It's indestructible." And he'd skip his his silver <laughs> razor across the the basketball court, and it wouldn't have a scratch on it. Made those things. Don't have kids, game. man. Kids are the worst. Yeah, you know how frustrated I would be. Yeah, parent, like, what are you doing? Phone. This is 2006 too. Like where cell yeah. phones were still like kind of coming along. Yeah. Um, okay. Who's next? Boston. Boston. Uh, I'll, I'll guess Boston is like. This is know. so crazy because I definitely I used to know. It, it used. It was GE at one point, General Electric, and now it's Vistaprint. What the hell is Vistaprint? I believe it's literally like a Staples, like where you can like, like or like a, a um, yeah, Kinkos. I'm sorry. Yes, like where it's like you can get posters printed and like whatever the hell you know. I don't, you know, I've never used Vistaprint, but it's got print in the title, and so I'm assuming. And then the last one is uh, the Atlanta, we, Hawks. Atlanta. We did Atlanta already. Remember, we did it for the home game. It's <laughs> it's, share, it's it's share care. 
what the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was like Care Bear situation, but I was wrong. What the hell is Share Care? Bear, Care Bear is a show. What is the shop where people can? Oh, best build a bear. Care. Build, build a, a bear, bear. son. <laughs> build a bear. That place is cool. When I was a kid, I was so stoked to go to build a bear. Build a bear is awesome. Oh yeah, those things but, are expensive, man. They're like fifty bucks for a damn bear. I went there for like a birthday party, and I was like nine or ten, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, the parents must have been doing well. Good for you. I'd probably have a heart attack giving every kid a free teddy bear, like on them, a, a, a teddy bear on them. So there was a solid stretch where like that was the only gift that we would get my mom for like you know, Valentine's day and like my parents' anniversary. A- apparently they've like upped the game. Like, I think it's like really cool still. If you can go in there and you can, you right. can do a bunch of different things now to like personalize. Give your bear a phone. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a, give it a Motorola razor. Yeah. Uh, no, I was like thinking about an idea down the line for like my mom or something. She loves cute stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would do. They tend that. to mothers. They do. They really do like the cute stuff, uh, which I'm kind of like, whatever. Uh, whatever, dude. <laughs> whatever. Steve don't give me something cute. I don't want a teddy bear, so don't even give me one. <laughs> can, I, can I have one? Uh, okay. What's the last thing? I mean, do we? I feel every episode we record, it's like, what's the, what's the point in awards? Award, I don't like, any awards yeah. No, no. I think we should kind of. Should we just give it to Nimi Escada? We'll give it to Nimi Escada <laughs> so we can just post it and say we did it. Uh, because he, he, hey, he deserves to play, man. He does. I mean, you might as well. If we're going to suck, like, you might as well. There's no, there's really no, like, I mean, I'm not saying, like, just for development reasons. Like, you know what's strange? A lot of things. A lot of things are strange. Tristan's. A lot of, tr- strange and Tristan Thompson go hand in hand. It's just weird to me how it was a thigh <laughs> and it was a non COVID illness and he wasn't around. Then it was non COVID illness and he was at the game twice and then he was active and. Nothing. Well, I mean, I think it's because it's just Tristan has formed into what the Kings got him for, and that he is just a physical representation of $10 million. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, he, he's, it. he's on the team because he is an expiring $10 million contract. They can either package him in a trade, you know, where – whatever if if for whatever reason the kings do decide to take on tobias and ben simmons i guarantee tristan thompson will be in that deal um he's just an easy salary he's like a 10 million dollar trade exception pretty much is what you should think of him as and at the end of the season it'll at least be 10 million dollars off the books and uh that would be my explanation for it well it's a, it's a good trade chip maybe he, he really hurts for salary in a team out there probably will want him but i just thought it was interesting yeah. No, I mean, he's not Corey Joseph making $10 million, you know, like, I mean, he's not far off, but he's, he's, he is a bench NBA player who can give you 15 minutes of decent minutes. Before the top of the hour hits, go to B-Ball Ref quick, because there's uh, this slate of players. I already know who I want to talk about. You want to talk about Luke Jackson? No. Good Lord, no. <laughs> Oh, okay. you see him? <laughs> I see him. I see him. I see him. Brave it, basket. Gosh, you want to look at stats here? How about my guy leading the league in assists with nine a game, but, and then coming over here, dude? But how exciting was that though? He averaged 14, not very. No, well, okay, not exciting, right? Whatever. Like I didn't mean to say exciting, <laughs> but when the Kings traded for him, he come. He was coming off a season where he was averaging fourteen points. 
four and a half rebounds, nine assists per game. And he shot 40% from the field, 34, 35% from three. That's like, that's what you want a starting point guard to, to do. Like when you look at what Tyrese is doing, Tyrese is a much better shooter, but the numbers are almost similar. Like, it's like, Oh, like that's a good season for Gravis Vasquez. And when he came over here, it just didn't, uh, it didn't happen. It just did not yeah. happen at all. I didn't he feel didn't. that same. I, I didn't, I was never excited about Gravis. I just didn't understand it. I was like, Tyreek already can't shoot. Why would we get a full backcourt of guys who just can't shoot? Didn't we trade Gravis for Tyreek? I Tyreke don't think so, Gravis. was it? I think we traded Gra- uh, Tyreek for Gravis because that was when he was sharing a backcourt with, I believe, Ben McLemore to start the season. Yes, you're right. He was uh, part of the three-team deal. We replaced a, a guard who can't shoot yes, with a yes. guard who can't shoot. Yes, but then also he ended up getting replaced by literally the last pick in the draft that year. And traded for Rudy Gay. And, tra- you know, and eventually traded for Rudy Gay, which at least he brought us that. Did the and, did the, faces, oh, the faces reset too? Yes, they did. And we get Mitch Richmond. Oh! And Jokic. <laughs> Alonzo Morning. No, so Mitch, an interesting thing people were saying, uh, not to go back from the trade talk, though, was like uh, people didn't want to trade Richmond for Weber. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, okay, I get that. But Richmond also wasn't – I mean, he was 20 – He was 30. 30 32 even. He was 32 yeah. years old when they did that. And yeah. he was kind of on the decline a little bit. He was he averaged 23 with Sacramento, which was great. That and was he his never, last all-star year. Yeah, he never, averaged, he never averaged 20 again. And, again, I, I know that he was playing – um, the Kings weren't good yet though at that time, but, uh, I don't know if, if you can really say, compare a De'Aaron Fox for Sabonis or De'Aaron Fox for Ben Simmons to that s- stature yet. No. Like Weber at that point, I think Weber was what, 26, 27 years old. Yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah. a six year age difference here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weber was 25 years old, 24. When he, yeah, he was super young. That's yeah. that's like trading DeRozan for Fox or something. Yeah. Like that's it's it the age difference is there. Mm-hmm. Eight year age eight year age gap. Yeah. So I don't know if that's really a valid thing to use as a comparison. I think it, it just I think in terms of feelings it might be, you know, obviously in the sense of they it was it was a risky move then that people were like, Oh, why are we training our best player for a guy that might not be nearly as good? Um But yeah, I, I definitely don't think this is this is the same. Like this is this would be I mean, if let's just for hypothetical sense, say it's Fox for Simmons direct like that's that's just swapping one young, talented, promising piece for another. It's just re-rolling the dice, essentially. I mean, it's yeah. not really the same same level of risk. I no, would say. I, and I, I for sure I just was kind of pointing out that. Like, yeah, definitely. Like, I've seen that guy, as well. This man was 32 years old and, and Weber was 24, almost mm-hmm. 25 and the De- was 25. De'Aaron's 24. Um uh, I think Simmons is only one year older than him. Sabonis is maybe the same age. Uh, it's just not the same. So they're they're uh, they're all like on the same not level. Like De'Aaron Fox is not on the same level as those two other players. Um, at least on an all if if, if De'Aaron Fox was an all star, I think he will be looked at as the same level. Because I looked up some of the things that he's been doing. Just a little a little quick stat before we go. Um, I put it up yesterday. Scroll right here, De'Aaron Fox is one of four players to average 20-plus points, six assists, one steal, one-plus steal, one or more, and shoot over 46% from the field. 
since the beginning of the 2018-19 season. Can you name the three other players, Chris? Uh, 18 points, one steal, 20 points, 20 points, six assists, six assists. over a steal per I, game. I don't think Chris 20. Paul's at 20 points. Mm-mm. Only four players um, in the NBA have done it since 2018. Just since in then. one season or like a- aver- aver- averaging it since then. Russ? Negative. Really? Harden? Negative. No, no steals. steals. Um, and a field goal percentage. Over 46% from the field. LeBron? One. Um, six is Damn, the assist. Um, that's tough, man. Uh, Trey? Nope. Um, not Jaw. No, Jaw's. I don't think Jaw's been that many assists. Um, that's so tough. Um, is it is it guards? Is it other guards? I'll I'll just give you I'll give you a hint. One yeah, give was, me a hint. One one was an MVP recently, and okay. one one uh does not like needles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Uh, Jogic. Okay, <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll just let the other people. I'll let the people yeah, yeah, yeah. figure uh, figure yeah, that last yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that those are the four players. Wow. And so it's Jokic, LeBron, De'Aaron, and Needle Pusher. Yes, non pusher, Needle Pusher, uh, Flat Earth. I um, <laughs> that's just the. And that- three definite uh mvp caliber guys uh Kyrie is for sure like you know he, he i'm honestly surprised that he was able to uh to put up steel in that in that situation that's uh that's pretty crazy from Kyrie. yeah yeah, I mean, even Jokic, like Jokic, averaging over a steal per game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because he honestly was probably at at a at a block a game as well. Kyrie's so. like a a secret defender. I mean, he he's averaged a steal and a half for yeah. for a lot of seasons in his career. I think four or five seasons he's averaged over a steal and a half. Um, what is the Joker average? The, he averages a steal and a half pretty much for the past. Well, a steal and a half. Four years ago, and then 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 this season. Yeah, and of course, it's like I say the, the phrase "butter knife stack." Cause like I mean, like you can you can kind of just butter it up and and tweak the mm-hmm. numbers to where you want them. Uh, Twenty points per game, six assists. Like if I make that four assists per game, those players might change. If I make it, yeah, you know, uh, eighteen points a game, it might change. But what De'Aaron Fox, twenty points per game, six assists, a steal, oh, 46 percent shooting. LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Nikola Jokic, De'Aaron Fox. We're talking about two MVPs, one MVP mm-hmm. caliber player in Kyrie Irving when he's on, mm-hmm. and De'Aaron Fox. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. Just, that's I love it. Fun, fun stat. Um, yep. You have to go to the airport. I do. Uh, you're not flying. You're taking no, your, your wonderful girlfriend. Yep. Dropping off. She's going to Philadelphia to go bring back oh, Ben Simmons. She's bringing back Ben Simmons. She is. Yep. She's actually stopping in Denver first. So I'm going to pick up. 
uh, Jokic, maybe Austin maybe Rivers. Michael Porter. If maybe Austin you know, Rivers. Well, I would love some A. Rivy. I've I've been a big Austin Rivers guy since since Sub Zero days. Oh my God, you like him in Duke, bro, bro. I liked him in high. I in high school. In high school. <laughs> he, was, he was super recruit. Like he was a super like he high was high school. A problem. He is was he, a problem. Is he my class? I think when I was in high school, I was watching highlights of him. And Aaron Gordon too is around my age. And we when I was in high no. school, we, we like Aaron Gordon's in my class because Aaron but, Gordon yeah. went to Mitty. Yeah, but we're a year apart. So like when I was a senior, he was a junior, and we were watching his highlight tapes because I think uh-huh. he'd committed already to Arizona. Yeah. Um, Austin Rivers is is a he's twenty nine, so he's two yeah. grades above me. But I would watch his stuff in high school too, and he was like the number one high school player in the country. So I, nasty. I yeah, I think he it, was. He, no, he was. He was. Uh, he was it filthy. says he was number two in his recruiting rank. But who was above him then? Oh, Anthony Davis. Okay, sure. Nah, that guy's whack. Yeah, he's not. And kidding. which one would you rather have today? Exactly, Austin Anthony Davis is hurt. Guess who's yeah. putting in games right now? How about the guys below him? Quincy Miller. James Michael McAdoo. Not nah, Mar- baller. Was not a Mar- fan. Marquise Teague. Cody Zeller. Come on. I, last thing. I know we have to go. Uh, when the Kings were playing Portland, I put up a tweet and no one got it. So I took it down because I don't think – I think we're getting to the point where we're too old making references. I made a Chris Kamen reference, uh, reference that oh. Cody Zeller is slowly morphing into Chris Kamen. Huh. If you look at what Cody Zeller looks like right now, yeah, let me he see. He's put on some size. His head is now bald. Like, he is bald. And Chris Kamen on the Blazers and Cody Zeller. If you look at, like, Chris Kamen on the Blazers. Cody Zeller oh, wow. on. All he needs is a beard. He is, he is definitely getting a a balding balding look. All he needs is a beard. It is uh, not great. He's got the Costa Kufas hair. For those who who can't see, he he very he much has like a Costa like bad widow's peak that's pushed back and also balding up top and like yep it's still there on the side it's still pushed up to the necessary length on the sides but the top is just it's it's but it's if, receding. If you, put a, if you put a red a red beard on that, you can't tell me he's not Chris Kamen. And I put that out there. I said he's slowly morphing into him, and I don't think many people got. Maybe it was a bad joke. <laughs> I'm not that funny, but I thought it was funny. Um, anyways, now I'm going to be looking at Cody Zeller all day. That's, uh, wow. that's a very rough Thursday. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, we will be back. I think we agreed Thursday. Maybe it might be seven yeah. days again, but I mean, unless there's trade news that breaks, there's no reason to re- break down the, the bucks beating mm-hmm. the Kings by 20. Um, until then, anything else until then? Nope. That's it for me. Um, yeah, I got to go take, take somebody to the airport real quick get ben simmons. Uh, and uh, yeah we'll be back with ben simmons and can't wait so if something obviously if a big trade or any trade probably happens uh between now and the end of next week we will definitely be on to uh to break it down at least a little bit but um more than likely as we know absolutely nothing will happen and we'll just watch them continue to lose which won't be fun. Uh, everybody take this five game impossible road trip and relax. Do not invest in this team as they are just getting slaughtered from city to city, like the Washington generals. And, um, you know, pick up a new hobby. Yep, It's our, um, it's our mental health minute. Of our, every mental health. We have, minute. Yep. We, have a, we have to assure the listeners. 
just to not to not uh, make any rash decisions. Don't yep. grab off any cliffs or do anything bad. Just you know, yeah. take a step back. They're gonna lose. They're gonna they're not gonna win a majority of these games coming up. The same way they haven't yep. won a majority of the games the past twenty years. So yep, we'll push forward though. We will. For Frankie Cardicelli, I am Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening. See you next week. Hopefully for some trades. Yes.